the look in his eyes, like he he was like literally couldn't breathe. Like he's screaming and he can't breathe. She was like, okay, now he's ready for mommy cuddles. So I pick him up and he literally, whoo, this is going to make me emotional, but he literally looked at me like, mommy, I can't breathe. Like I'm about to die. Like. Hey everybody, it's Tejo with Light Conversations, and I'm here with Jessica. Hey, hola. Am I supposed <laughs> to do like this? Hey. <laughs> yes, girl, that's perfect. <laughs> so, Jessica, I'm going to let you go ahead and say a little bit about yourself and introduce yourself. I'm well. My name is Jessica Smith. I am married to a wonderful man named David, and I have two children, a one-year-old and a two-year-old who's almost three. I can't believe it. Um, yeah. And I just, I'm a cheerleading coach right now. I'm, I stay at home with my kids full-time. Um, and I coach part-time mm-hmm. at CJ, my high school. Um, and I love it. Yes. And she's from Dayton. So I want to say shout-out to Dayton. Shout-out to Shamana Julian, right? <laughs> <laughs> she graduated yeah. from there. And she went to Omega School of Excellence. Hey, Omega School. Right. I was about to bust <laughs> out with the song, too. I'm so glad that I know that song and that I know those affirmations. Uh-huh. We'll talk about that afterwards. But Girl, you remember that? I don't remember them affirmations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we're here to talk about Jessica's experience and um, her family and her son, um, Nasir was diagnosed with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And so I saw you like kind of talk about that via Facebook. And so we're here to talk about that because I feel like that's an important story for the black community to really hear. Mm-hmm. I know you want to share it. And I just feel like it's essential for people to hear that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's crazy how like time flies because now we're moms. <laughs> we have families, yes. and it's like Cold we were families. just in like sixth, seventh grade, yes. just like, Omega School of Excellence, yes. going assemblies, <laughs> like going yes. on field trips. Yes. It's so, crazy. how has motherhood changed your life? Woo, child. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I actually yes. was just talking about this the other day. I've always been like a independent, on the go, always on the move, like person. Like, I've never really had to worry about somebody else that needed me or, like, being at home and sitting, having to sit still, like, with my children all the time because, I mean, I'm not sitting still all the time, but, I mean, just being at home, you know, it's different for me because I usually am on the go, doing this, doing that. I was in all the extracurricular activities. I had my own job. I was making my own money. You know, it was seriously a reality check for me. I had to humble myself. I really did. And let my husband kind of take the lead on that type of stuff. Cause when I have children, I can't just up and go like it's on their time when they want to do it. Mm-hmm. I might be about to leave. And then this one decides he wants to nurse. So mm-hmm. I have to let him nurse. And then the other one, Oh, I got a potty. So I got to take that one to the potty. So it really changed me. Like it made me humble myself. It really did. And, mm-hmm. and I had to kind of step back. I've always been a control freak. I can admit that mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a Scorpio, <laughs> so I'm a control freak, and I had to kind of let go of that control, and it was a very 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 tough transition for me. Mm-hmm. Like you can ask my husband, he probably wanted to hurt me. <laughs> Girl, you are singing my life right now. Yes. Like anytime somebody.
somebody asked me about motherhood, I really struggle. And I'm so grateful because I was just like you. I was everywhere. All the time. At every meeting, staying up all hours of the night, just working. And then when I had my son, I was like, oh, I can't do that. I can't Girl. just pick up and go to, you know, Minnesota or like I just used to mm-hmm. go. Me places too. My friends. Like yeah. it hurts my heart. Okay, so tell us about your family. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to know? They're great. So like, <laughs> no, I love my family. We, my husband and I, we did things in quote unquote, you know, the right way. Mm-hmm. So like we we went to college. We both graduated um, from Bowling Green State University. BGSU. I think it's Zumba. No, I'm just like, <laughs> but so um we we met and then. We got, well, we graduated. I graduated in May. He graduated in December 2012. And then we got engaged. Nice. That know, literally, right? like, y'all got married. Then y'all were able to have spent time together. Right. And then you had your son. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Emily came. We bought our first house two days after he was born. Mm-hmm. And then Nasir came. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A year later. And now here we are so what was it like like having malik like that addition you know oh man and you i know you talked a little bit about just the reality check but i know like what was his personality you know what i mean um it was great but it was it was difficult at Mm -hmm. the same time because you know you're adding a whole new dynamic to your Mm -hmm. family and we so used to it being just us and you know, every couple, every family has their issues, and communication is, like, a huge thing. So, you know, you just want everything to be great for your kid. You know, you want to give them that great example. And so when you add a kid into the situation, it kind of heightens everything else. Plus, moms, hormones, all over the place, everything. Yes. And then dads don't really understand it. No. They don't know what's going on. So, <laughs> you know, it added a whole nother dynamic that we had to figure out. Yeah. But literally everything that we go through, God is our foundation. So we get through it. We we pray through it, we we argue through it, we communicate through it, we figure it out. So it, he added a, he definitely added another dynamic to our relationship. I just heard Jada Pinkett in my head say that part. <laughs> <laughs> like I really did. I really saw her like that part. But really God has to be the center of yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And we agreed on that from the very beginning, which is why I think we continue to work it out yeah. and, and work mm-hmm. through everything and we just never, it's never really in our head, like, all right, I'm about to go. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm done with this. I'm mm-hmm. over this. Because it's like, ain't nothing. God can't get you through, baby. Yes. You don't make it. So. I don't like that. Yeah. I'm, like, really about people being honest about marriages and just the struggle. Because I'm tired of seeing, like, the perfect stuff. Like, I really, it's really refreshing when I talk to married couples and they're like, it was hard. But you're you're one of the first people that I've heard, like, but God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's the truth, baby. Because yes. I'm telling you, but for God, <laughs> we, we probably didn't get each other. Yeah. Like, bro, I'm so sick <laughs> of you. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? But we don't, yes. the thing with us, too, we don't ever, like, um, take low blows. Like, we yes. don't never do that. Ooh. Anytime we argue, I can always count on my husband's never going to take a low blow at me. He can always count on I'm never going to take a low blow at him. Agreed. We just either try to be honest or we just go take our moment, say, figure out our thoughts, what we got to say. We come back, we figure it out. We had to figure out our communication patterns, too, because, like, with him, he want to talk about it now. He like, no, we're going to fix this. We're going to talk about it now. You're not leaving. You're not going to wear it. And I'm like, babe, you got to give me a moment sometimes. Like, sometimes I can't figure out what I need to say right then because I'm so, my emotions are so high. Like, I just want to say what I want to say and I just want to be done, you know. But 
I don't want to. I don't ever want to argue like that. I don't ever want to talk to nobody like that because that's not good communication to me. So sometimes I need a moment to go away for a second. That don't mean I'm more mad. That don't mean nothing. I just want to go away. Let me gather my thoughts and then I'll come back like, okay. So this is how I feel. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, then I can map it out for you. But I can't always, I'm not a quick, witty, like, on my toes thinker like him. He can come back every second. Like, you throw something at him, he can come right back at you. Me, I'm not like that. I don't, my brain don't process like that. So I need time to go, think, come back. Yeah, but those are just things that you work through as a couple. Those are things that you have to figure out because you're coming from two totally different backgrounds. Like, yeah. there's no couple that... I mean, unless they doing some crazy stuff. They came from the same household. You know yeah. what I mean? So, <laughs> so you know, you got to figure out how things were with him and how things were with you and how to make that come together. Y'all yeah. can have the most perfect households, so, I mean, so to speak, but you still got to figure out how to make those two worlds mesh. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move forward and talk about... Nazi. <laughs> that should be Nazi. Right. Nazi segment. So adding a second child to the addition. Like, let me see. I gotta go back because if I'm being totally honest, the first two and a half months of my child's life, like, are a blur to me. Like, yeah. I really don't even remember the first two and a half months of his life. I know I stayed at my mom's house when he was first born for a long time mm -hmm. because. I was like I had a second child and I needed help I needed help and I don't ever have a problem asking for help especially with my mom because my mom is literally a saint from yeah. heaven like she drops everything to come help me do whatever she need to do even with Malik I ain't I forgot to talk about that but my mom was here like I told you we moved into my house two days after I had Malik so my mom my auntie um his sister my friend from Toledo they came down they moved everything into my house so I never had that experience of like moving stuff into my new house picking out furniture all of that stuff because I was having a baby you know so um but my mom and aunt they came they took all my dishes out washed everything washed all my clothes put all my clothes in the closet like all of that me and my husband stuff like they did all of that for me while wow. i was resting recovering from having a baby um so the second time around i was like well i'm gonna go to her like yeah. i'm not gonna have her keep on driving all the way out here so we stayed at her house because that's where we lived before we bought our house mm -hmm. we lived with my mom for a couple years um for two years and then we found our house so we're comfortable there mm -hmm. so we stayed with her for the first month and a half of his, no, did we stay? There? No, we stayed for the first six weeks while I was recovering, mm -hmm. and then we came back home. But it was a roller coaster mm -hmm. because I always knew something wasn't right. Okay. Yeah. That's so, what I was gonna ask. Yeah, I always knew something wasn't right. So. It was just stressful. <laughs> it was stressful. He was precious. He was cute. I just, I loved on him. And, you know, Malik was always a very good big brother. He always just loved on his brother. I had to, you know, gentle touches, that yes. type of stuff. Because he wanted to just come up to him and kiss him and headbutt him in the head. And, you know, but he was always a good big brother. But I just, in my mind, I just always knew something wasn't right. Because I had a, a child before him. So I would just see his chest. Like, it was just caving in a little more than it was supposed to. And he was always breathing faster than babies normally breathe so i would look it up and they'd be like well babies are supposed to breathe this many beats per minute yeah. and this many beats so i'm like all right well maybe he's okay and i would take him to the doctor and they would say oh well you know the little ones they just breathe fast oh, and i'm like yeah i know i had one before so yeah. i mean i know that but i'm like it's different with him or like every time i laid him on his back it was almost like he couldn't catch his breath like he like like it was uncomfortable for him to lay on his back and you know you change a diaper so i'm always laying him on his back but every time I took him, I took him maybe four times. 
And they kept saying, oh, he's fine. He's okay. He's still growing. He's doing this and da, da, da. He's fine. He's just a little one. So I'm like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know that, uh, man, that mommy gut. Yeah. That mommy gut is serious, and you got to believe that mommy gut. You just mm-hmm. have to. You have to go with it. I don't care how many pe- how many times people was like, oh, you just making that child sick. <laughs> like, yeah, tell them. <laughs> like, you going to make him sick. If they saying ain't nothing wrong oh with him, you know, goodness. then maybe there's nothing in it. You know, just trust God. And I'm like, I do trust God, but I think God is giving me and my mommy gut. Like, something's not right. Like, wow. keep at it. Keep at it, Jessica. Keep at it. So, the first couple months, like I said, are just like... Mm-hmm. Oh, black. <laughs> so, okay. So, you said you always felt like something was not, like, right. Mm-hmm. Um, this and all those doctors, were you ever like, okay, maybe I'm just tripping? You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. You know, once you hear something so much, it's like, okay, am I crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, even coming home, man, you know, my husband, he would just be like, well, he's fine. Like, stop stressing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, stop stressing yourself out because he don't want me stressing either. But... I just knew. Like, I just knew it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, something's not right. And it just looked like he was always kind of struggling to breathe to Mm me. The story. Let's just just tell the story. Here we go. So, um, like I said, I had taken him to, I took him to his pediatrician. I went there twice. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't, I was like, no, something's not right. So, I took him to urgent care, which is around the corner from me. I took him there twice. And I saw two different doctors there because I'm like, no, y'all not going to keep telling me something's not wrong. Now, I know it is. And everybody was just like, well, I don't hear anything on his lungs. He sounds okay. And da-da-da, he's fine. So then, finally, like a, a fourth time or something, my husband had just drove to Cleveland because his cousin was having a baby shower. And um, their family is real big on, like, parties. And their family is real close. And so I was like, go ahead. I'm good. But that day, he was just breathing so hard. And li- it was literally probably like, an hour after my husband had just left, got on the road. He was going all the way to Cleveland. So I was like, well, I'm just going to take him up to, um, I'm just going to take him up to urgent care just to be safe, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, let me record him breathing too before I take him up there because I don't want them telling me again like nothing's wrong. So I recorded a video of his chest and I didn't know what it was called at the time, but now I know it was, his chest was retracted. So um, I took him up there and... I um, actually waited in the car because I have anxiety when it comes to waiting rooms and stuff with my kids. And I'm like, everybody in here probably sick. And I'm like, they're going to get my kids sick. So I waited in the car and the buzzer buzzed and I went in there. And I it was actually a different lady that I saw this time. And it was a black lady this time for the first time. And she was sitting there and she was listening and listening and listening. And I'm like, so what do you think? Like, something's not right, right? And she was like, well... I don't really hear anything. And she was about to send me home with a steroid. And I was like, you about to send me home too? Like, I just didn't make, it didn't make sense to me. So I'm like, well, should I just take him to the emergency room to be safe? And then she was like, well, let me listen again. So she listened again. I said, let me show you this video. So I showed her the video and she was watching his chest and she was like, whoa, that's, I could see some retractions in there. So I'm like, see, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like something, he's breathing funny. So then she was like, well, let me listen again. So she laid him on the table. She laid him down. And then she was like, hmm, well, she's like, it sounds like I kind of can hear some fluid maybe or something in there. So she was like, well, just take him to the ER just to be safe. So I'm like, okay. My mom had pulled up by this time. She had Malik in the car. And uh, I was like, well, mom, she told me to take him to the ER just to be safe because she thinks she might hear something. But, I mean, little did I, I didn't know this was about to jumpstart everything that yeah. it did. 
So I um I called my husband and I told him what was happening. I was like, well, she told me to take him to the ER just in case because she hears a little something. I showed her the video I recorded. And he was like, okay, cool. Just keep me updated. So I take him to the ER. My mom had my, my oldest in her car. And I was like, can you just take him with you? I don't know what in my gut told me to tell her to take my oldest. But I was like, can you just take him? I don't really want him at the hospital. It's like flu season. And, you know, it could be flu. And he could get the flu. So she was like, okay, I'll take him with me. So I went in there by myself and my brother walked in the door it was weird like i'm telling y'all how god be setting stuff <laughs> yeah. up like it's crazy like my brother and my niece walked in the door and um the lady the nurse was like well um we're, we're just gonna suction him out literally like two or three days before i took him my friend sat in my living room and told me like her friend went into the er to basically get one child checked and then she told them that her other child had been breathing funny and they was like oh we were just suctioning her out and she was like they did the deep suction she said and that baby never left the hospital like they out they did something wrong when they deep suction that baby or they trigger something else i don't know but that baby didn't leave the hospital so imagine my fright like yes. when she like we about to suction him out i said whoa I was like, I'm not really comfortable with that. Yes. I was like, I've heard some little crazy stories. She was like, oh, it's fine. We do it all the time. It's no big deal. And da, da, da. I said, I understand, but I got some reservations. And she was like, I promise it, it, it's fine. And I'm like, okay. So my brother was like, yeah, I'm out. I don't want to see that. So he left. In walks another lady. She's holding my baby down. The other lady's like suctioning my baby out. And the look in his eyes, like he he was like literally couldn't breathe. Like he's screaming and he can't breathe. She was like, okay, now he's ready for mommy cuddles. So I pick him up and he literally, whoo, this is going to make me emotional. But he literally looked at me like, mommy, I can't breathe. Like I'm about to die. Like, that's how my baby was looking. And this is a three-month-old baby. And he was looking at me like, mom, you have to do something like now. Because he was just like, like he couldn't, he could not yes. catch his breath. He could not, he oh. could not. And I was like, you need to call somebody now. Yes. And she was like, um, no, he just needs some. I said, call somebody now. I said, something's wrong. He cannot breathe. She called somebody in. That lady took one look at my child, snatched him out of my arms and ran down the hallway. Like, she okay. was like, yeah, she was like, we're going to go ahead. We're going to give him some oxygen. And she's running. I'm on the phone with my husband the whole time because I, I was uncomfortable while they were, doing the suctioning so i'm talking to him and he's like what's going on but i'm so just calm y'all like really? my spirit was so calm wow. it was crazy i just felt like god was preparing me and preparing me and preparing me for that moment mm -hmm. to be there by myself with just me and my baby and for my baby to give me that look in my eyes like mommy i need you to take control right now and i told that lady like go get somebody now he just set everything up for me to be prepared for that moment wow. like and I, I mean, nothing you can do can emotionally prepare you, but just for me to be prepared for that moment, like, okay, it's about to get real. Mm -hmm. So just strap up and get ready. So I'm going to pause because this guy's, this has me thinking about just the studies that show that African-American women are like, like tossed aside mm -hmm. when it comes to medical healthcare. or healthcare. Um, did you feel like a lot of them kind of like being like, oh, he's okay. Do you feel like that had anything to do with it or you just... I don't know. I never really thought about that, mm -hmm. honestly. I just was like, no, he's not. Like, I'm like, and I'm not trying to be a rebel or anything and just yes. tell y'all y'all don't know what y'all talking about. But at the end of the day, this child came out of my body. Yes. Like, I am connected to this child on a different level. And I know when something's not right. Like, I can feel it. Yeah. I can feel it. I can tell. Just when my child was born, the moment my child was born, I looked at him and I was like, hmm. 
Like, I just felt like something was different. Yeah. But, I mean, nothing was coming back. Like, nobody was saying anything. He actually wasn't peeing and pooping before we left the hospital. So, I ended up staying in the hospital, like, um, into Thanksgiving and everything. I was in the hospital by myself with my baby eating chicken fingers and uh, <laughs> and fries on Thanksgiving. Because he wasn't peeing and pooping. And they couldn't tell why. And, I mean, there were just little, little subtle hints. But... They never told me anything. Like, I didn't have the testing or anything done. Oh. The, I don't know what it's called. But I didn't have it done to check for the genetic disorders. That's what I was going to say. So, because I was going to ask you if they missed it or if sometimes it doesn't show. Because I know when I had Luke, they were like, we measure their neck or something like that to check and see if they have different, like, like Down syndrome or things like that. So, you didn't get those tests? No. Okay. I know myself. Yes. And I know that I would have worried myself sick, and it probably wouldn't have been good for my pregnancy. Yes. For me to be so worried and trying to just anticipate having a child with um, special needs or, like, anything like that. And, like, I mean, I ain't going to lie. I always, yeah, right. Like, it's not going to be me, you yeah. know, because nobody in my family has special needs or anybody close, at least, that I know has special needs. So, I didn't even think. It was necessary, you know what I mean? Um, If I'm just being honest. (laughs) And then also just because I know how I am. And if that did come up and they say, oh, your child could be born with Down syndrome, I would have sent myself into a straight panic. Like, Mm -hmm. I already know how I am and you just got to know yourself. Mm So, I mean, it wouldn't have changed anything. I still would have had my baby, Mm -hmm. but I just would have, I think health-wise, it probably wouldn't have been good for me to be stressing out about that, you know. But I don't know. I always ask myself, like, would you... If I was to ever get pregnant again, would I get the testing done? Mm-hmm. But, like, I, don't, I still don't know if I would. Yeah. I mean, and then what would it change? You Nothing. Know? But I would know. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, well, I guess we'll get to that in a minute. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I still didn't know. So, you said they took them. She took them to the. They took It's like an operating. Kind of yes. like operating room. And so, from there, what happened? Like, let's talk about when they finally were able to say Nazi has Down syndrome. Well, that was a week later. Mm -hmm. Once we were already in the hospital uh, for a week. Like, we were there and it just was not a very good experience. Like, I felt like my baby was like a lab rat or something. Like, at one point in time, y'all, they were poking my baby every three hours. Like, taking blood from him. Every three hours. His arm was not enough. Like... From the butt. But they were doing it because while he was, while when she took him away and they put him on the table and they kind of got an IV going and everything. Yes, he's sick. <laughs> they got an IV going and everything. Um, they found out that he was vitamin D deficient, calcium deficient, um, and his oxygen levels were just terrible. So he had to wear oxygen like all the time. Um, but we still at this point didn't know that he had Down syndrome or anything. So after a whole week of just being in the hospital, not knowing what's going on, just trying to get his vitamin D levels up, his calcium levels up, being on high flow oxygen, being in the uh, the PICU, I think it was, um, just questions. Like nobody knew what was going on. Then um, one night a doctor came and they were putting a, the pick line in his um, arm and while they were doing it she asked could you speak to me and my mom and I'm like yeah what's going on and she presents this paper to me and she was like so um basically just told me my baby had two holes in his heart and I'm like what like that was just like the furthest thing from my mind like he got what mm-hmm. so I found out that he had two holes in his heart and then they sent in 
Oh, and then they said that he could possibly have lung disease at the same time. So first I found out he, he was vitamin D deficient, calcium deficient. Then I found out he had two holes in his heart. Then I found out that he could possibly have lung disease, which was ruled out, thank God. And then, on top of all of that, they send in this genetics guy. So I'm processing all of this stuff, like trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Is anybody there with you at this point? Mama, I was there when they told me about the two holes in the heart. Okay. The calcium deficiency and vitamin D deficiency... Actually, my best friend, Sierra, I forgot. She popped up once I, um, my mom called her. She was like, you need to get to the hospital right now. I don't know what's going on, but Jessica said they got the baby on oxygen. And next thing I know, my best friend come running around the corner. I was like, where you come from? Because <laughs> my brother had popped up. I didn't know where he came from. And then my best friend popped up. And I'm like, what is going on? So she was there with me when I found out about the calcium and the, that. And then my mom was there when I found out about the holes. Um, but... When I found out about the lung disease and stuff, that was, like, at night. Um, like, my husband was probably on his way and then from work. So, I was just sitting there trying to process everything. And then they like, um, well, we're going to send in a genetics test person. And I was like, well, what is that? It was like, they check for genetic diseases, genetic disorders, I mean. And I'm like, okay. So, they sent him in. And he's just checking my baby over, like, checking his fingers, checking his toes, touching his head, like, asking me questions. He's like, so who does the baby look like? And that just offended me. Like, I can't even lie, y'all. I was so mad. I was like, what do you mean, who do my baby look like? Like, because I was just like, what are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that he got something? Like, he don't look like nobody. But I just was like, I mean, nobody right now. Sometimes he look like his grandma. <laughs> so, then he like, oh. And then he asked me something else. And I just was like, what? What are you trying to say? Basically, that's what I'm just, what are you trying to get at? So, he said, well, I'm going to send in some testing for Down syndrome. And I literally looked at him and I said, Down syndrome? Like, I yelled at him like that. Like, you got to be out your mind. My child don't have no Down syndrome. I swear. That's exactly how I acted. Yeah. And I felt bad afterwards. I was like, how dare you act like that? Like, this man is trying to figure this out for you. Trying to figure out what's going on with your son. Y'all sitting in this hospital. You all confused. But I think I think at that point, you I just was were overwhelmed. tired of run, run around, overwhelmed. So much is happening. Your son is sitting there with the oxygen mask. Like, Girl, and stuff, I all type of wire. I was, I was just overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, that was the furthest thing from my mind. Down syndrome? Yeah. I'm like, what are you? I don't even know nobody with Down syndrome. What do you mean? Yeah. Like, what did I do? What? How could he possibly have Down syndrome? So when he sent the test off, you know, I get to praying like, please God, don't let my baby have Down syndrome. I can't. I don't know what to do. Like, how am I supposed to handle this? You know, I was just, I was all over the place. And my husband was there when he said he was gonna send out the testy for Down syndrome, and he kept saying he don't have no Down syndrome. Like, what is he talking about? Even all the nurses, all the doctors, everybody was like, Down syndrome? Like, he don't have Down syndrome. They were just like, wow. They couldn't believe it when the test finally did come back and it was confirmed. Everybody was in shock. Everybody. Doctors, nurses, me, mom, everybody. Nobody could really believe it. So that was like a week and three days because the testing took like three or four days to come back. So we found that out and it was like, well... Where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. And then they start bringing in all these books and brochures and telling us, like, oh, well, um, we have this program and that program. And would you like me to connect you with this? I'm like, no, leave me alone. Like, yeah. I need time to process what you just told me. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? Y'all want to mm -hmm. throw all this stuff in my face? Like, I still haven't in my mind said my child has Down syndrome. Like, I don't believe it. Like, Y'all want to keep telling me that, but I don't believe it. So how were you able to come to grips? And when were you able? Was it... You want to know the truth? Yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably after 
we left the hospital. Mm-hmm. Like, because my husband wasn't really on board with it. Like, he mm-hmm. still was like, no, he don't have Down syndrome. And I'm like, well, that's kind of what the paper say, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, we real strong in our faith. And so he like, no, God told me he don't have Down syndrome. So I'm like, well, you know, I was like, well, babe, what if God is telling you that even though the paper say he has Down syndrome, he might not necessarily go through all the things that, you know, kids go through that do have Down syndrome because it's a wide spectrum of things that kids go through. And I'm like, just because the paper say it don't mean that he going to be, he won't be high functioning and he can't do, you know, things that kids who don't have Down syndrome can do. I said, so maybe that's the message that God is trying to give us, you know, but that's a he wife. has it <laughs> that's a wife. according to the paperwork, you know what I'm saying? Like on paper and because in um, his chromosomes, he has Down syndrome, yeah. but it was just really hard to come to grips with, you know, mm-hmm. was it hard for you? Like, because it seems like you had to not only be real with yourself, but kind of be real with your husband, too. Was that hard a little bit? or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That whole process put my marriage through probably the toughest mm-hmm. time we've ever been through. Because, you know, like I was saying earlier, when you in two different households, you learn things differently and you process things differently. So... For me, I'm like, where are you? You know what I mean? Like, cause he get to, you get to go every day. You get to go home. You get to see my other son. Cause that's a whole nother aspect of it that was stressful. I didn't get to see my baby. I was with my son every single day of his life until this happened. You know, like I think he only spent the night away from me one night before this happened. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going for weeks. I can't see my child. You know, yeah. like my mom can bring him up here for me to visit, but he's screaming and hollering when he gotta leave. Like, why am I leaving my mommy again? You know. So that was a whole nother aspect. I'm like, you get to go see Malik. You get to go leave, go to work. You get to see daylight. Like you get fresh air. <laughs> You're not sitting here. Every 10 seconds, some doctor coming in telling you something else. And then some other person want to test this. And then they want to poke him. And then they want to do this. And then they want to do that. They want to make him cry. I got to sing to him. Try to make him smile. Like, I'm doing all this by myself. So, I just, we we really went through a tough time trying to figure out how to process it together. Yeah. Because he also was dealing with it. Like, yeah. what? Mm-hmm. Like, Down syndrome. So, you know, when he leave, he probably crying, you know, when he walk away from me because he don't want to stress me out. Because um, actually my, I call her my godmother. She's not technically my godmother. But when she came up, um, he had was just he just left for work and she came up and she was like, she gave me a hug and I just started crying. And mm-hmm. she was like, you know what's crazy? Your husband literally just did the same thing to me. Like, as soon as I saw him downstairs, she said he just, Aww. he broke down. And I was like, that to me made it like, okay, he is going through it too. You know, I had to stop being selfish. Like, okay, just because you're the one that's always oh here. My I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. But I'm like, just because you're the one that's here, that don't mean that you're the only one that's experiencing these emotions. Yeah. You know, that's, that's heard about this, that don't know what to do about this. You know, mm-hmm. she was like, but it's just crazy that y'all, we literally both just did the same thing. Wow. Like, But we weren't doing that with each other. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like. He wasn't coming in and I wasn't hugging him and saying, babe, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, just just reassuring him and he wasn't reassuring me. Like, we was, like, going like this, like, splitting mm-hmm. apart instead of coming together. And it took it took one conversation. Literally, I told everybody, I said, don't a nurse come in here. Don't a doctor come in here. Don't let no visitors come up here. Nobody. I said, our door is to be closed for the next hour and a half. I'm talking to my husband and that's it. And that's what happened. Me and my husband, we sat down, we had a conversation, we prayed together, we cried together, 
and it was over after that. Wow. We literally came together after that. It just took that one good conversation and prayer together. What made you do that? The situation where both of you cried to your godmother? No, it was just uh, the overwhelming feeling. Mm-hmm. Like, my husband called me probably like two days before our conversation. And he was like, babe, he said, God told me we got to get out of there. Mm. Um, the hospital we were at. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it because I don't know who's going to see it. So, you yeah. know, but the hospital we were at, <laughs> we had to get out of there. And I was like, okay, say no more. Mm-hmm. And I, I hung up the phone from him and I asked the doctor, I said, can somebody get the doctor in here? And I said, what do I need to do to get transferred? And she was like, well, why would you want to get transferred? I said, because I feel like um, my baby will have better opportunities at a different hospital. Um, little did I know that the hospital that I was asking to go to was actually, they like are number two in the nation for heart wow. surgeries and heart um, issues. So I'm like, why wouldn't you tell me as a hospital, why wouldn't you tell me that? That y'all was basically going to be experimenting on my baby. This hospital is known for the work that they do on babies with their hearts. And they're down the street. And you wouldn't tell me that? Like that to me? Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. my confirmation. We like, wow. Offline. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Sure yeah. Go there. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like. I just felt like as somebody who was looking out for the best interest of my child, not the best interest of this hospital. So you can say you performed this surgery or you performed this procedure on my child. Why wouldn't you recommend that? So, you know, after a while, they're like, well, why doesn't he just do this procedure? I said, you're not touching my child again, period. Nobody else in this hospital is touching my child. The most y'all can do is draw blood maybe once or twice a day. (laughs) Like, But y'all not touching my child. There's no procedures being done on my child until you get me out of here period Mm -hmm. so they were like okay well um we're gonna actually it's better for you to go to oh so now y'all want to act like y'all suggested that i go to this hospital so once we got to the other hospital they were like oh well we see that you were referred from such as i'm like no baby i asked to leave like i asked to leave but that's how they spun it around like like we and pay attention to that because in their reports you know that Mm -hmm. i mean that that stuff matters yeah and somebody actually came in to talk to me about my experience. And, you know, she she was a black lady, too. She was um, a black young lady. And she was like, I'm sorry that you went through that. Yes. And she was like, um, I have to report it. If you're saying you weren't treated right. And I felt like my baby was a, a lab rat. I really did. Like, they were just experimenting on him. They would come in, y'all. When I say mommies, y'all got to pay attention. Mm-hmm. They would come in and be like, so we gave him such and such at such and such time. I'm like, no, my baby don't even take that medicine. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking at another kid. Huh? <laughs> I was like, oh, y'all tripping, tripping. See, I know you don't think about it, but I really feel like, I really feel like black women just aren't paid attention to. Mm-hmm. Like that, I don't care. If you were coming from Be- Be- Beaver Creek, Kettering, something, and something like that was happening, yeah. like, I just don't feel like it would have been all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I wasn't thinking about it. I was just, you know, in the moment, I was yeah. just trying to you gotta- get my baby taken care of and, and, as soon as my husband called me and said, babe, God told me we got to go. I'm like, all right, we out. <laughs> I'm like, we out. <laughs> Who I need to call, what I need to do. And they came in there, baby, and they got, I keep t- I tell people this all the time. They came in there and got us like they was the CIA. Like, Aww. they came in with their one piece of zone and was pushing that little thing down there. I was looking at the pictures the other day, and I felt like somebody important. I was like, because everybody was just looking like, who is that? Like, why are they coming to get them? But, yeah, it was it was crazy. So how did, so you spent how many months in the hospital? One month. Let's talk about the end and transitioning home. What was that like? 
uh, it was great. I'm so happy to get out of there. I literally felt like I was in prison. But the crazy part is I was starting to get used to it. Like, I was starting to get used to being there. Like, to ordering certain foods and to going, seeing certain people, like, developing certain relationships. Like, I was literally getting used to it. And I was thinking, like, because I never knew when I was going home. They never said the word home the whole 30 days I was there. And then they start talking about home after his surgery. They kind of start talking about home. But what surgery did he have to have? He had to have his heart repair, so he had an open heart surgery. Um, he had, uh, I'm mad we like just skated over that. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's so much, like, it's so much that happened in that month. Like, it's so much, like, I can't even really tell everything because we would be here for three days, like, because part one, part two, no, seriously, (laughs) so much happened in that little bit of time that it's just crazy. Like, even with his heart surgery. They told me that eventually he would have to have it. And they was like, oh, yeah, he's plump enough. He's good to go ahead and have it. And, again, this is, like, the, one of the top hospitals for heart surgeries and stuff. So I was cool with them doing it. But it's still, like, mm-hmm. yo baby's about to have an open heart surgery. Like, they're literally about to have his whole chest open on the table. Like, that's crazy to think about. A three-month-old? What? So she came in, the lady. And I was really, like, when I say these doctors at this other hospital, they literally became like my family in a month they were so nice they were seriously they were just so amazing they were so nice they were so accommodating they wanted to make sure i was good i was taken care of that i knew everything any question i had they didn't have no problem answering it they would come back they would give me numbers like call me personally if you need something you know that type of situation that's how you should feel when you're going through this type of stuff like it is scary it's the scariest thing you'll ever go through in your life you don't know you are your baby's advocate. Your baby can't talk. Your baby can't do nothing. He just laying there like, what is going on, ma? You know? So I had to be diligent in everything that I was doing. I had to be aware of everything that was going on. Like, it was crazy. So she came in and she was like, um, yeah, we have to schedule him for his heart surgery. We were just trying to see if we could figure out if you guys can go home and then maybe come back. Just go home on oxygen and then come back for the surgery. So... At this point, I'm scared to go home. Like, I'm scared I'm not going to be able to take care of him. I'm like, I don't know how to take care of him outside of the hospital now because y'all been basically doing everything, like giving him his medicines and keeping his oxygen on. I'm like, am I going to be able to do this at home, you know? So she was like, "Um, I'll let you know. So she came back, like, the next day and was like, guess what? I was like, what? She was like, we just got an opening for the surgery on Friday. It's Wednesday. I was like... Like in two days, <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, I was like, you want to open my baby's chest in two days," and she was like, "Yeah, so just give it some time, think about it, and let me know." How do you make that decision mm-hmm. like that? Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. So my husband was going for a promotion at his job, and I was like, "I can't even tell him right now because he's about to take the biggest test ever." Because he got to get this promotion for his job. So I'm, like, sitting on this information. I, I think I called my mom. And I was like, Mom, what should I do? Like, should I go ahead and schedule? Like, I'm scared. I'm scared to death. My baby about to be open. Is he going to make it out? You know, you just thinking all of this stuff. But we went ahead and we scheduled the surgery. They literally got us in. That don't never happen. Mm-hmm. Again, it was just God. Like, mm-hmm. that don't never happen at that hospital. Because, like I told y'all, they number two mm-hmm. in the nation. For their heart programs, their heart surgeries and stuff. So for me to get in two days after we had just talked about it, like it was, it was unheard of. So did he end up passing that test? 
He did. He got that promotion, baby. Yeah. Don't be leaving everybody. <laughs> he did. I didn't tell him. I didn't tell him until after the test was yeah. over. I told him, I'm like, they got to open in for the surgery on Friday. I was like, but they got all this paperwork we got to sign, and we got to give away this permission and do this and do that. And he was like, all right. Well, let's do it. I mean, because we got to. We, I'm not going to take my baby home. Not knowing what's going on with his heart. Like, we kind of got to, so. So, you guys had the surgery, and how did it go? Oh, my God. It was the most nerve-wracking thing i ever been through in my life. They basically gave us our own little room. It was basically, you could just say it was kind of like a hotel room, but it wasn't. It was, like, in their waiting area. They got the large waiting area out here, and then they have, like, rooms. Like, maybe seven rooms or something like that for the families who will be in extensive um waiting mm-hmm. so they put us in there and you can have however many people you want in there so my mom my dad my my baby my husband i think that was it that was there but we just sat there all day and they they come every hour and they update you and tell you what's going on like how long okay. was the surgery i think it was like a four hour surgery mm-hmm. i think it was a four hour surgery but I, I don't know, girl. I was just thinking, like, Jesus, please let my baby make it out of here alive. That the hardest part, me and my husband, I can't, even, it's hard to talk about too, but me and my husband, we talk about it to this day. Like, the hardest thing we have ever done in our life was give our baby to that lady. Like, you literally just see a hallway and your child is in your arms and he's just looking at you, like, hey, mom, what's going on? Wow. And then you have to pass him off to these people that you don't know. And you know that he's about to go under and his heart is about to be opened up. Like his chest is about to be opened and up on the table. Don't even know. He don't know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. So literally kissing him and giving him away, like that was the hardest mm-hmm. thing we have ever done. Mm-hmm. Literally ever. And me and my husband, we just stood there for a minute, like crying and watching him, you know, and she took and he was so sweet. Like he wasn't he didn't cry, nothing. Mm-hmm. He just was like, I'm he basically was like, I'm gonna be okay. Yes. Like but when we gave her to him, he just was looking at her like, hmm, hey, lady. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they went to that room, and it was like the door closed, and we was like, oh, my God, here we go. But let's talk about Nazi's name and what it means because, I don't know, that's speaking to me right now. Yeah, Like, just this situation. And so you said it means protector. Yes. How, how do you feel like he's lived up to his name at such a young age? Because he protected me that whole time we was in that hospital. I mean, when I say he was the happiest kid, that was going through all of that stuff, but he kept a smile on his face. Like he made it easier for me to get through because if he would have been miserable and crying all the time and just like, mommy, I'm over this, you know, it would have been so much harder for me, but he kept a smile on his face. He protected me. He protected my heart. He protected my feelings. Your sanity. Like, he was literally yes. my person. Like Even though he didn't understand me, <laughs> he didn't understand what I was saying, what I was doing, what I was thinking. <laughs> Literally, he was he calmed me down the whole time. Even though I'm everywhere because of him, he still was my comfort. And he calmed me down. And he just kept me cool, like, through the whole thing. I, man, it's just hard. It's it's crazy to think about, like, all the stuff that we really went through Yeah. in that short period of time. You know, as a mom, that is one of the worst things when you can't make it better for your kid. Like, you can't do anything to help. Yeah. There's literally nothing. So they would be doing something to him on one side, like trying to get an IV in, and I'd be on the other side, like singing to him and just trying to distract them and keeping them smiling and giving them kisses and all that type of stuff. But still, he's still like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. You know, but he kept a smile on his face 
the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, I would take pictures every day. Like, look mm-hmm. at this happy kid. Like, how are you so happy right now? But he protected me. He really did. Yeah. He protected me. And he honestly, he made me remember who I was. Mm-hmm. Because being a wife and being a mom, you right. kind of lose yourself. Yes. Like, you just forget who you were before you became all that stuff. Because in society, you know, we are looked to be these super women. Yeah. Like, we have to do everything. And I tell people all the time, like, we still only have 100% to give. We do. And I feel like throughout our lifetime, the percentages change. Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes I get, like, before my children, my husband got, like, 80% of me, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and then my job got the other 20%, you know? <laughs> and then once children came, mm-hmm. it was, well, once one kid came, that 80 turned into, like, 50. And then my child... <laughs> Basically got the other 50%. My job, they was lucky if they got anything. Because, mm. um, I mean, and that's why I had to quit work. Because I'm like, I have to take care of my child. So then once two kids came, that 50 became like 30, you know. And then the percentage towards my kids got a little higher because it's two of them. And I'm at home with them all the time. So... I just feel like as women, we try to give 100% to everybody and yes. everything all the time. Ooh. We beat ourselves up when we can't give 100%. But, baby, you can't give 100% when you only have 100%. You can't give 100% to this person, 100% to your career, 100% to your children. That's 300%. That don't add up. <laughs> mm-hmm. We only have 100 <laughs> So, So you just have to be okay with, at this time, it's going to change. It's going to be okay. When my kids don't need as much of me, um, I'll be able to give more to my husband and to cooking dinners, you know, when they don't, when I don't have to stop every 10 seconds to go nurse Nasir or, you know, I can give more to my husband. But right now I have to be okay and we have to talk about it. And he's cool because I still take care of him. Mm-hmm. When I, If it's only 30%, it's going to be the best 30% I got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, it's not like, okay, you just get whatever's left, you know. Um, what's the dynamic between Malik and Nasir? So seeing mommy with Nasir, was Malik like... Mm, like this or was he pretty cool about it he was great yes he loves his brother he is just he's all about him he's all for him and him and my husband I love it because they have gotten to get a lot closer too Mm -hmm. because now he's bigger and as soon as his daddy come in Poor, thank, poor husband. He don't get a moment, okay? As <laughs> soon as he walk in the door, Malik be like, ready, set, go. Like, that's their little game that they play. Aww. So Malik be like, ready, set, go. Let's go play. Like, he uses my husband. Like, okay, now I got somebody to myself. Nasir got somebody to himself. So I'm going to take him. He'll take my husband in the back room. I won't see them for hours. I'm like, excuse me? We still out here? <laughs> he like, I know. He just wanted to come back here and play. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean. It's, it's getting, it, it gets better with time, but you have to talk about stuff and you have to communicate stuff because we can't be expecting, a lot of times we be expecting these men to read our minds and they can't, like they just can't. And I had to come to grips with that. I'm like, okay, girl, you just gonna have to tell him, like, you just gonna have to say what you feel yeah. and he's, he's amazing. Like I could say one thing about my husband is once I tell him something, he's going to try his hardest to Aww. fix it, to change it, to do whatever he needs to do to make this household run smoothly. Um, and me, I had a harder time. Like he made me realize, like, girl, you need to learn how to take criticism mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's it's always been hard for me to take criticism. People have always kind of put me up here on a pedestal, <laughs> and so yeah. 
Like, if I disappoint somebody, it's like the end of the world for me. Mm. Like, it's like the end of the world to me. Well, it was. And I'm working on that. I'm getting better with that um, because of my husband and because of my pastor because he talks about that a lot. Like, we got to be willing to admit our stuff. <laughs> like, we got to be willing to take accountability for what we do and the part that we play in certain situations. So, just something I'm working on. But he's excellent. Excellent father. Excellent husband. It's great. Have you had any instances where, like, your family kind of act weird towards Nasir because of him being diagnosed with, or friends or anything? You haven't dealt with anything at all? Mostly the public. Mm-hmm. Like, because my son doesn't necessarily, at first glance, look like he has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. But, like, people will ask me, well, how old is he? And I'll say he's one. Maybe they'll kind of look funny. Like, he ain't walking, he ain't crawling, he ain't, you know, those type of things that a one-year-old may typically do now, right now. Or where's his teeth? You know, like, they'll ask her and stuff like that. And then I have to explain, like, well, he has Down syndrome, so his um, muscles are a little weaker. And so we have to work on crawling a little harder. Than, you know, so I have to go into the whole spiel. But so, most of the time, I just be like, no, he's not. So, <laughs> so like, what is the development, like... Well, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, how is the development delayed? Different. What does that mean? How is it different? Yeah. Um. So, with kids with Down syndrome, they tend to have weaker muscle tone. So, like, how we can just do like this with our arms. He can't do that. Like, he, it takes him a while to learn to pick things up. It takes him a while to learn things like crawling. Just anything that, that we have to use our muscles mm-hmm. for. Even his mouth muscles with eating. Stuff like that. Like, he's not eating table food yet he's still eating baby food because that's what his his mouth muscles can handle right now like he can't chew right now like he won't chew um like i try to give him a puff and he just kind of was like choking on not choking but like gagging i'm like i don't want this but i'm just trying to introduce new textures and stuff to kind of get him used to chewing and working things around in his mouth because because of that lower muscle tone he can't or he's not yet ready to do certain things like that um and his brain development like we've had cat scans and eegs and all type of stuff but his brain is fine thank the good Mm -hmm. lord but i mean some stuff is just a little delayed um like he he's not like malik he was saying mama and all that by now but he's not saying any of that Mm -hmm. yet um but i i don't stress about it i just feel like it'll come when it come Mm -hmm. all kids are different anyway Mm -hmm. even if he didn't have down syndrome Kids develop how they develop, and there's no two children that are alike. So I just don't stress about it. I just keep working with him. I'm his physical therapist. I'm his occupational therapist. I'm yes. <laughs> I'm his everything, okay? <laughs> we be at home working it out. So yeah. every little milestone means a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't push him. I don't force him, like, come on, hurry up. It's time to crawl. Like, nah, he do it when he ready, you know? Yeah. We do have um, Help Me Grow. They come here. Me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. help us out sometimes, but... She was just like, because I, I asked her, I'm like, you think I should do some more physical therapy? And she was like, no, I think you're doing fine. I'm like, okay, good. Mm-hmm. Sounds good to me. All right. So one thing that's very interesting to me that we, I didn't think about until you said it in our first conversation is that when women are pregnant and they have those tests, most times, sometimes if they find out that their kid has Down syndrome, they choose to abort it. But you were like, I really am an advocate for like just sticking it through and keeping your pregnancy and having your child like why i mean of course i understand why that's so big for you but how can you assure someone that life will be okay you know what i mean well honestly i can't yeah. <laughs> but 
for me, I just know it's going to be okay because, again, my foundation is God. So, mm-hmm. I know that no matter what happens, we're going to be good. We're going to be taken care of. We're going to be fine. We're going to get through it. It don't matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to be fine. So, that's why I'm able to get through it. That's why my husband's able to get through it. And he always reassures me, like, if I'm falling out of it. Because I have to work on it. He always reassures me, like, we're going to be good. Like, don't stress about it. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. We're going to be straight. We're going to be fine. Um, you know, God going to see us through it. And that's what, that's how I know mm-hmm. that everything's going to be okay. And I think everybody need the Lord. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're lucky to have y'all as parents. Like, y'all are just, uh, like, strength. Like, I wrote in that letter, just like a force together. You know, y'all have y'all issues. Of course, everybody does. Mm-hmm. But I just really like the teamwork and the support and the the ability to be able to close the door off for an hour and a mm-hmm. half and be like, look, we need to get ourselves <laughs> together because this ain't the time for us to be no. falling apart. Yeah. We need to come together. Yep. Yeah. That's that's just something that's the foundation that we've always built ourselves on. But again, because we both had that foundation of God and he his family was more so in the church, like the ones in the choirs running the church, like they was doing everything. <laughs> and my family, we just went. We went to church and I knew God and I, I knew he was real and I knew I trusted him and I knew I had faith in him. And that was that, you know, mm-hmm. but he's kind of being with him just kind of made me dig deeper into mm-hmm. my faith, you know. So and it's been excellent. I mean. I've probably been through some of the worst things I ever thought I would have to go through, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm here. Mm-hmm. I made it. I could talk about it. Like, see, I could talk about it today. It's a year later and there's no tears coming. Like, I'm smiling because I'm here. You know, my baby's here. This this time last year, I didn't know if I was leaving the hospital with my child or not. Like, I didn't know. Like, February 18th was the day I took him to the hospital last year. And then we were there all through this time, and we left March 21st, which is crazy because that's National Down Syndrome Day. <laughs> wow. And we left on National Down Syndrome Day. We left the hospital. Mm-hmm. You were so big on getting your story out there because I know you haven't really officially talked about it, like, with the public. Like, your family and close friends know, of course. But is there anything else you want to say or anything else you feel led to share? Um, I just, I just really wanted to get the point out to moms like trust yourself mm. like trust your gut trust yourself i don't care how crazy you look keep taking your baby into the doctor mm. like i don't care who tell you girl leave that baby alone he's fine if you have something in your gut and you feel like you know something's not right trust your gut or you know if your child is is acting a certain way even with older children trust your gut like mommy gut is a hundred proof to me like there's mm. like there's nothing better. Like, it's it's the truth. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you feel it in your gut, then that nine times out of ten, it is the truth. Mm-hmm. Whatever is happening is is real. Mm-hmm. So, trust that mommy gut, man. We got to be advocates for these children. Um, we just got to put ourselves out there sometimes. And it's not always the popular opinion. It's not always what everybody else thinks. You just got to trust yourself and be there for your kid. That's just my message to the mommies. Trust that gut, baby. <laughs> I feel like, too, our gut is so strong because our children are an extension of us. Mm-hmm. Like, they literally were Pain. in us for 10 moms. Like, since we were born, Girl. the egg was in us. And so... Right. And don't be scared to get a second opinion. Like, just because one doctor tell you one thing, if you still feel it, go and get another opinion. Like, do what you got to do to figure it out. And sometimes it could be there is nothing wrong. But I would rather take him in a million times and find out ain't nothing wrong than be sitting at home all guilty like I need to take him into the doctor but everybody gonna think I'm just doing it, you know? 
No, 